Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. This podcast is for you, and I welcome you to come as you are. There is no judgment here, just folks doing everything they can to stand in their power and show up every single day. So if you're looking for inspiration, welcome. If you're looking to level up or to make a change or you just need a minute, welcome. And if you're looking for some perspective on your circumstances, either personal or professional, well, that's my jam. No matter why you're here, I'm glad you are. And this message is for you. Welcome to my village. So my question to you this week is, do you really have to be fearless to be successful? Is that lack of fear or absence of fear the requirement or one of the foundational requirements to success? I would argue that the answer to that is no, but let's talk about it a little bit. So we've all heard the acronyms about fear, right? Face everything and rise or forget everything and run or either even false evidence appearing real. All of those things we've heard about what fear means, like using it as an acronym. And yet the reality is that as human beings, as these entities with nervous systems, fear is real. The ability to perceive a threat is what enables us to survive. So fear is necessary. Something that triggers a response so that you can protect yourself or eliminate a threat or move away from a threat is really important into our very survival, the success of our survival. So fear is actually a necessity. It is also something that is inherent in the way we are made. So if you've been following me for a while, I've talked about the polyvagal theory. I haven't talked about it in in quite a bit, but it is this theory that talks about how our nervous system responds when we think about the fight, flight, freeze, faint, those responses, and how it connects to this vagal nerve, right? Our nervous system. So we can't make it do one thing or another. It is truly a nervous system response. And so at the at one level, there's that dorsal vagal. So that's your freeze, right? Your freeze or faint. I just I just can't. I just can't. I am frozen playing possum. Maybe if I sit still enough, they'll keep moving, right? That that threat will pass me by. It's that real go to bed, put your head under the covers, that that kind of thing. That's dorsal. Then there's your sympathetic, which is the kind of the middle range. And that's your fight or flight. So on the one hand, man, I'm ready. We're going to duke this out. Or yeah, I'm getting out of here. But it's it's active. It's action. For me, sympathetic often manifests in this frenetic energy. So it's not that I'm in the zone at all, but I'm just I'm just moving. I'm just getting things done. Almost like it, it sometimes it's a frustrating energy or or um not a nervous energy, but even an anger energy, right? I'm just so irritated at stuff. We're just going to get this crap done so I can move on, right? It's that kind of energy, that fight or flight. And then there is ventral vagal which is, I call it like being in the zone, right? You're still getting stuff done. You're moving through, but you're at this level of grounded and peace. Things are flowing. That's like surrendering to the flow, right? When things are flowing, you are in ventral. You're compassionate. You can hear, you're thinking, you're giving, you're all the things, right? When you're in ventral. But all of these pieces are tied to our nervous system. And so we don't necessarily have an immediate ability to control it. It just happens based on our perception of what's going on around us. 
And I see this often when I work with my clients, I have to try to get at what is it? What is the perceived threat? And it comes up every single time I work with someone, whether it's them and their organization or whether it's them as an individual trying to get to a goal. There is some kind of perceived threat that gets in the way. And in order to get to the thing, we've got to figure out what that perceived threat is and what we're going to do about it, if anything, because that's a choice, right, of doing something. And that becomes the question of, is it really about being fearless or is it about using fear that is real, our ability to perceive and respond to threats as a tool to get to the goals and the outcomes that we want. I tend to be hyper, hyper vigilant. I think I always have been hyper vigilant. It's one of the things that makes me really good at what I do, because not only can I connect dots that people can't connect, I can see the dots that they can't even see because I'm hyper vigilant, carrying on multiple conversations, thinking about multiple things at the same time. I call it kind of messy brain. I'm very hyper vigilant. The challenge with being hypervigilant is you also have to be very, very self-aware. So it is very easy for me to wake up in a dorsal, right? I just can't do it and add introvert and empathetic on top of that. And it's just a hot mess, but I can easily get into that overstimulated because I am hypervigilant. And when I get too overstimulated, I can just, I say, go to ground, right? I just, I just need a minute or if I'm still got some kind of energy that I'm very much in that sympathetic, but I'm usually irritable and cranky about it. But what this enables me to do in this level of hypervigilance is to be able to see all of those things that are occurring around me and understand where my nervous system is responding. So then I can make a choice. I can have a conversation to say, okay, What is the threat that I am perceiving? And is that threat real? And if it is real, then what am I going to do about it? If it's not real, then I'm going to acknowledge that it's not real. And I'm going to try to keep moving, right? Figure out something else that's going to move me past the process. But if it's real, then how am I going to respond to it? It's the same questions that I ask my clients. And that I ask of you today, as you're listening to this podcast episode, If there is something that you are being afraid to do, what is the perceived threat of you doing this thing? I heard Stacey Abrams say, you know, we got to stop talking about being fearless. We got to stop talking about being fearless. Fearless is a joke. It doesn't exist. Fear is a real thing and fear actually helps us move into the thing that we need. It helps us perceive the threats and move. And when I think about fear, I'm in Stacey Abrams camp. It's not about being fearless. It is actually about understanding that as we move through our careers, we will continue to have things that we don't know how to do or situations that are very uncomfortable for us about which we have fear. And by moving through those, addressing those, deciding what our level of risk tolerance is is, and moving through that, It enables us to take fear and move it into something positive instead of, yep, man, that's really going to hurt. It is, but I'm going to learn something. As I posted a long time ago, yeah, that really sucked, but what did you learn, right? It's not about being fearless. It is about understanding that fear is a catapult to what you're trying to achieve. Fear is your nervous system, your intuition, something telling you, oh, watch out, wait, something's not right. 
Having that vigilance enables you to make decisions and take action that are more likely to get you where you want to be because you are paying attention to everything that's around you. Fear in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's not about just forgetting everything and running. Fear is about stopping you, right? Short circuiting your action so that you can recognize what's going on around you and then adjust or continue the action that you've been taking. When you are in an organization or especially as entrepreneurs, when we're having to deal with fear, it's important that we step back and say, what exactly is the threat that I am perceiving? If I am honest with myself, right? What is the threat that's holding me back? Nine times out of 10 in the people that I've worked with, it's a fear of failure because that failure leads to embarrassment. A fear of failure because that failure leads to embarrassment. It's the same thing with imposter syndrome. We're afraid we're going to be found out and we'll be embarrassed. We won't be able to keep the same position. We won't have the same status or the same standing. It's that fear of being found out, that fear of, of reprisal, fear of embarrassment, fear of being bullied, fear of never being able to be counted on again, or to somehow being put on the outskirts because we made this one mistake. The threat is of us not being able to overcome that embarrassment, to overcome that failure. And yet, if we recognize that the threat is about embarrassment, it's not going to be, you know, they're not going to cut off an arm. And embarrassment is real and embarrassment can be painful, but embarrassment can also be managed. Embarrassment is where leaders show up. Leaders work through an embarrassment and say, you know what? I so jacked that up. I, that was huge and public. And so my response to this mistake is going to be just as public and just as authentic as the public mistake was. By addressing those things and addressing those outcomes of the threats that we perceive, that we were fearful of having occur, right? Of just moving forward and even taking those lumps. One, it gives us the wisdom and the experience and the battle scars that enable us to move forward. But it also enables us to stand in front of those who we are leading and say, I am not perfect but I am willing to understand and address and respond to the places where i take a misstep and I am going to ask for forgiveness and I'm going to keep moving forward. There's power in facing a fear that has a negative outcome because it's not necessarily fatal, but it is learning. It is learning. For entrepreneurs, a lot of the challenge will be that fear of you got all of these people relying on you if you have a team. You've got all these people relying on you for their paycheck and for getting the business going. It's that fear of failure of being found out that you're not running the business as well as you thought, that maybe you hired the wrong people. You don't have the right folks on the team. It's the embarrassment. It's the, the undermining of your authority, of your expertise. But here's the thing. By facing that, by moving, by understanding the threat, and then understanding whether the potential outcomes that you have made up in your mind, are those potential outcomes real? And even if they are, what's the worst that could happen? The absolute worst. 
I just had this conversation with someone yesterday that said, you know, when I thought about going out on my own and doing this business, I thought about my worst case scenario. So my worst case scenario is I have to sell everything. I have to sell my house. I'm going to have to move back home to Odessa. You know, I mean, really, really traumatic, embarrassing stuff. But I'm not dead. I didn't lose a limb, right? I still got my eyesight, all that kind of stuff. I might be embarrassed, but I'm still here. So if that's my worst case scenario, then what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? It's not about being fearless. It is about understanding what the fear is, assessing your level of risk tolerance in order to determine what action you're going to take to get to the thing you say you want. As we move forward, I really also think about friends of mine who have young daughters in particular, because I don't hear them say this as much with sons. Entrepreneurs and, and leaders in organizations alike will often talk about how fearless their little girls were, how fearless they were. And in particular, I'm thinking about one who was talking about his little girl when she had her water wings on. She had to be about four or five, had her water wings on. They were at a pool and she was just fearless. She would jump off the diving board into his arms. She would jump off the side of the pool. I mean, nothing stopped her, you know, climbing trees, all, nothing stopped her. She was absolutely fearless. But I would argue, was she really fearless or was her five-year-old brain doing a level of risk assessment that said, hmm, okay, they want me to jump into the pool. I've got the water wings and I know those help me float and my daddy's over there. So my risk is pretty minimal because if I jump to him, he's going to catch me. Or if I jump to my mom, she's going to catch me or my big brother or whoever it is. So is it that they were really fearless or have we projected that fearlessness onto that child? And so as they continue to grow, if they aren't somehow fearless in everything, they have begun to not be worthy. They have begun to, begun to somehow be less than or incapable. Fear is a good thing. It is a tool. It is something that helps to keep us safe. And it is something that we can turn into a tool that enables us to evaluate our risk tolerance and manage through our actions and what we decide to do. It is not about being fearless. It's about using your fear to take you out of dorsal through sympathetic into that zone of ventral so that you can move forward into whatever it is that you want to do. So this week, the rest of this year, we're going into the last half of the year. I cannot believe July is almost over. We're going into this last half of the year. And I would say, really go back and look at and evaluate and think about those things that you want. Are you not doing them out of fear? And what is that threat that you're afraid of? Is the threat real? Is it even real? And if it is, is it even as bad as you think it could be? And what could you do to mitigate the pain associated should your worst case scenario happen? Don't let the fear stall you, but don't let fearlessness or the lack thereof paralyze you. And that's the Rutledge perspective for this week. Go out, do it afraid, because that's a thing too. Go out and do it afraid. Better yet, go out, understand your fear, 
understand what's real and take any outcome as an opportunity to learn as opposed to just a piece of embarrassment or pain. Have a great, fantastic week. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to The Rutledge Perspective. It is July and I am working to get to 15 or 12,000 downloads. Would love to have 15,000, but 12,000 downloads by the end of the month. I'm putting together a really cool little swag box uh, to give out. I'll do some kind of giveaway, some kind of way. Um, but I appreciate every download, every listen, every share. Let's get to 12,000 downloads. Uh, and I'm looking to do some really crazy things, um, not crazy, but kind of cool things in order to serve you, hopefully launching in August. So have a great week. Thanks for listening. Let me know in the DMs on my social what you'd like to talk about next or if there's anything in here that resonated with you or if you have a different perspective, because that's why I call it the Rutledge Perspective. Take care. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and for connecting. You can find previous episodes of the podcast on my website at laurelrutledge.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me on social media at Laurel K. Rutledge and or The Rutledge Perspective. And I'd love your perspective on the things we talk about. And if there's a specific topic you want me to cover, just let me know. And please share this podcast with someone in your village who may need this little piece of perspective today. And if you're so inclined, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on the platform of your choice. Apple Podcasts and Spotify reviews are particularly helpful. Thank you again for listening. Take care.